This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. I want to start by telling you that I am greatly appreciative of Pastor Chad and Heidi giving me an opportunity to be back up here again. Obviously, I didn't say anything wrong the first time, so they invited me back. That's good news. And our, uh, our sermon tonight is called A Generous Life. We just, uh, I have some ringing up here, Rolando. We just left a, a season of generous eating, and we're entering into a season of generous giving, in, in that it is Christmas time, and we exchange gifts with the loved ones that we have, and we show our love, and we demonstrate that by giving of gifts and the receiving of gifts. And when Chad and I talked about this evening uh, we were discussing the idea of giving, and every time a pastor stands before you and, and says, we're going to talk about giving, the first thing y'all think about is, is uh-oh, it's a money sermon, and the money guy is up talking about money sermon. Not at all. Not at all. This is a, a sermon about living a generous life and how to uh, give of what we have been given back to the Lord by our acts of service, and we're going to go over a few different points and we are the constant recipients of God's generous grace. Amen? We have everything to be thankful for. We can look at, even in the season of lack that we may or may not be in, we can look and still find reason to be thankful for God. He's generous. He is kind. He is graceful. And because of that, He enables us to live with an abundance of resources. Amen? Let's pray for the message this evening. Father, I come before you with, with your word that you've prepared, and God, I ask that you would anoint it with your Holy Spirit, that the words would, would penetrate deep into our hearts, and we would leave different because of the word we've heard from you. Uh, Lord, get me out of your way, and have me just uh, be your, your vessel. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you get nothing else out of tonight, I'd like you to, to get this one idea. Our motivation to be generous should be the result of our gratitude to God's generous giving to us. Let me say it again. Our, our, our generosity should be a direct representation of our gratitude for His generosity toward us. We should look to others with that same mindset that says, I want to give more than God. We can never outgive God. And we live in a society that says, He who dies with the most toys wins. So for them to hear, for you and me to hear the sense of we're going to get richer by giving away doesn't make sense in a society that says you get richer by consolidating, by holding on to, by not passing out. It's a, it's a mindset that we have to change. It's hard for people to look at this idea, this kingdom value that says uh, we're to live generously and we're to give generously. And if you're generous with others, God will be generous with you. In a moment, I'm going to read something that, that indicates how God does that and how He goes about sharing His generosity with you. We determine the dimension of what we receive by the dimension of what we give. Think about that for a second. If your hand is clenched tight, holding on to something, if you're holding on tight, and someone hands their hand out and says, I'd like to give you something. If you're held on tight, 
you can't reach out and grab what they've got for you until you let go of what you're holding on to. It's the same idea with God. He wants to give you something, and the only way that we're going to give something is to be vessels of giving ourselves. So we can stick our hand back out and say, thank you, Lord, this is, this is something you gave to me, and I prefer to give it away to someone else, Lord. If we're stingy, our reward will be meager. If we're generous, our reward will be abundant. It's that simple. Scriptures reveal it. But if your reward is only monetary, I want you to get this. If, if you give of what God has given you, if, if in your tithes and your offerings you're only giving of what God has given you and your only reward is financial, you're missing out. Because there is so much more to God's generous giving. He is so creative. He can give to you in ways that you'll never understand. And when you do understand and get it, you finally get your head around it, you'll know that it's worth more than any silver or gold that they make you give you. That's the idea that God wants us to have. In our first verse that we're going to look at tonight, in his second letter to the Corinthian church, Paul addresses generosity. This is a little long, but I want, to, I want to walk through it with you if you could. So 2 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 6, the scripture says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes it in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Hold on there for a second. That's the difference between giving out of compassion and out of compulsion. Are you giving because you have to, or are you giving because you want to? Is this something where your heart is just saying, I have got to do something, I've got to give in this way? Or are you begrudgingly saying, fine, here? And that's what Paul is talking about. Let me carry on here. Paul finishes with, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, have, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. Cool thing about that word all, it means all, everything. It means all-encompassing. It doesn't. It, there's no lack in the word all. You will have all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. God's just telling you right there that if you will serve like me and give generously like I give to you, you're going to have more than you need, and you'll have more than you know. Carrying on in verse 9, he says this, Paul writes, as it is written, he has, he has dispersed abroad. He, being God, is given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Listen to what he's talking about. He says, He's going to give you everything for all liberality. He's going to give you the ability to be liberal with what you have. And what does it do? It causes a thanksgiving to God because of what you're doing and allowing through Him. Because of your giving, because of the way that you give of yourself. People are going to praise God through your act of doing that. And it's, this is one of the sentences or one of the statements that I love in the Bible. It's an if-then statement. God says, if you will do this, I will do this. If you will give, I will give you abundantly. If you will release, people will praise me through you. This is where God is saying, look, we can partner in this. If you trust me, just let me have it and I'll let you do it. 
That's what he's talking about in all this. I know it sounds odd, and sometimes it's hard to wrap our heads around, but this is what he's asking us to do. Three real quick points tonight. They told me I've got the next hour and a half, so I hope you all are comfortable. This is good. <laughs> I got three quick points. In, in the passage that I just read, Paul was, was talking to the church in Corinth because he was specifically asking about a fundraising event for a church. Now, in that passage, Paul literally is talking about money. But one of the beautiful things about the way God has written the Bible is that it also speaks to the spiritual giving that we have the ability to do. It's the money that we can give, but it's also the spirituality that we can give. There's some reciprocal benefit when we do that. He clearly links you and I being generous with spiritual benefit. We will get something out of this from God. The more one gives, the more one benefits. And the principle goes beyond financial giving. It's not just about money. Remember, that story, that, that verse I just read is about money. But one of the good news of the Bible is that there are multiple lessons that can be read into and from the Scriptures. We need that. We need that in life. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean just financial blessing. It goes to spiritual. And I'm going to suggest something here, and I might step on some toes. And if I do, okay. Um, <laughs> sometimes financial giving is easier because it does not require a personal commitment. It's easier for me to hand a buck over and say, someone else will do it, rather than it is for someone to say, hey, Russ, I need you to come to my house. I need to talk to you. It's easier sometimes to give financially. We need to know that it goes beyond that. You might be willing to contribute into a fundraising event at work. Anybody remember what United Way was or is? You know? You might be willing to give into, fund, into funding United Way at work, but what happens with you? Know, a coworker comes to you and says, Hey, I, you have a minute. I need to talk to you. I got, I got really something bothering me, and, and I, I got to get it off my chest. Do you sit there and say, All right, I was really looking forward to getting out of here and getting home, and the game's on tonight, and go ahead. If you can make it quick, that's fine. Or do you sit and intently listen? and actually hear what they're saying, and you hear their heart being poured out? Or do you, do you listen without being judgmental? And do you listen without trying to solve the problem? Are you willing to sacrifice in that way, or, or do you give with reserve? What about giving when the church has a special need? Do you give with an open heart and, and a, a spirit that says, I'm, I'm in? Or do you give with just enough energy to get yourself through it and to check it off on the list of things that, are, that you want to do? There's those toes I stepped on again. Got quiet in here. I remember when our kids were very young. Uh, my, my sweetheart is a, uh, was a professional mom at the time. So she would be very excited for me to come home from work. But it was not about me, surprise, surprise. She had a whole day of listening to babbling children. She had a daycare in the home, so all she heard was baby talk and whiny noises and things like that. So it wasn't really about me. It was about fulfilling a need for her. What about you? When you get home from a long, exhausting day at work, 
and your spouse or your partner or your kids need your attention? Are you wholehearted with the way that you give that attention? Are you wholehearted with giving of yourself and, and allowing them to talk to you, to sacrificing the time, focusing on them, asking them, and being interested in them? Not just doing the five-minute mommy and daddy thing, but really getting down on the floor, looking in their eyes, and talking to them. Sitting across the table from your sweetheart and asking, what was your day like today? And not worrying about the phone buzzing on the table or the, the ball game that's going on on TV. It's hard. I'll admit, it can get challenging. Baseball season around our house, we get ignored a lot on both sides of the table. But let me ask you simply, do you give yourself wholeheartedly or do you just make a token effort? Are you a cheerful giver in God's eyes? Or are you someone who just gives just enough? It's important that you ask that question of yourself, and it's important that, that you think about what God is asking you. One of the cool things about God is what you, when you and I think we are at the very last ounce of energy and attention that we can give, that's when the Holy Spirit can come in and give us the words to say, Give us the energy with which to say it and really have an opportunity to change someone's life by our time when we generously give of ourselves. Amen? My second point is this, is we are to generously give of our resources. I'm not going to go there, and I, I don't think I even actually asked him to do the, the slides, but we can if we want. But Mark tells of a, a woman with an alabaster jar. Write down Mark 14, 3 through 9. And the story is this, that Jesus was at, uh, his name in the Bible is Simon the leper, and he's at his house, and he's with a number of people, a number of Pharisees, a number of other religious leaders, and this woman comes into the house with a very expensive jar of oil, beautiful jar, very expensive oil, it's called spikenard, and it was very fragrant, but it also cost a year's salary for this jar of oil. Now, theologians tell us that that woman was Martha of Mary and Lazarus fame. And she came to Jesus and she began anointing his body. And I want you to think about that act that she was just doing. She took a year of her salary, bought this jar of oil, and then used it for Jesus. She anointed him. And perhaps she knew that her time with him was coming to an end. Perhaps she foretold that I'm anointing you in advance of your death that is around the corner. And she spent that time at his feet, and she poured this jar on him, and it created a real turmoil in the room because there were people who were angry with her because she wasted the resource. I don't think Jesus thought it was a waste, do you? She came in, and she said, I'm not even going to think about how much this is costing me. This is a sacrifice of love and grace. And she gave lovingly, she gave lavishly, and she gave generously, not expecting anything in return. The scriptures don't give us any indication that she was upset that she got nothing in return. The scriptures don't even record a conversation between her and Jesus at the time. She was just giving of her resources. She was sharing with him in a way that she knew best how to do. And you have to think about it too, is that when she did that, 
the people in the house received that blessing as well because here's this very fragrant, and they say it's a beautiful smell. So as the people in the house, they're enjoying this fragrance at the time that she's doing that. And can you imagine the next morning because that's, it doesn't go away that fast. It's a nice smell, and immediately what do they think of as Jesus was in the house last night? She gave generously of a gift, and even now that gift is still giving. We get to enjoy that when we give generously of our resources. What the disciples saw as a waste, Jesus saw as a worship. Mary did what she could while Jesus was physically present with her. Jesus isn't physically present with us. But we still can bless him and honor him with our resources as if he was. We can give of what we have. And we ask ourselves, what act of worship can we give while we have an opportunity? If you're living and breathing in this side of heaven, you have an opportunity to give generously of the resources God has given you. And what kind of a sweet fragrance are you going to leave behind because of your sacrificial, worshipful act of, of giving that we see so easily in the Scriptures? When it comes to um, giving... One of the challenges that I'm regularly met with is, Pastor, I, I barely make ends meet right now. I, I, I don't know how to give. I, I don't know that I can. How can I survive? I guarantee you that you plus Jesus with 90% of your living is stronger and greater than you plus not Jesus and 100% of your living and your earnings. He can do more with that 90% than you can with 100%. And if you will trust him and step out in your resources and give of what he has given to you, he will give that back. In, um, in Luke 21, mark that in your notes, the good doctor tells us a story of this woman who was in and gave a giving of, of two mites. And Jesus told about how much, how important that was and how it differed from the men who gave of their excess. And then they stood and bellowed about how much they had given. And she didn't say a word, but she walked directly up to the altar and gave her two mites and came back. And Jesus spoke of that because it's significant to you and to me. Because in today's giving, in today's finances, the two mites that she gave, it's estimated to be worth about 50 cents. And yet she made the effort. She was a widow. There was no one to take care of her. She had no children. So she is alone for her giving. She must ask and seek alms from the, the church that was developing at that point in time. So she required other people's help to survive. And yet she gave those two mites. When it comes to giving, God sees more than the portion. He sees the proportion. He sees your heart when you are giving. It's not about the dollar amount. Please hear me when I say that. It's not about the dollar amount. It's about the heart amount. Are you willing to give based upon what God has asked you to do and trusting in Him? Or are you given with the squeeze of the fingers as the coins drop out of your hand? And, or are you just saying, Lord, I, this is all I've got. Use it. Bless it, God. Multiply it to your kingdom, Lord. That's what we have to ask, and that's how we need to live. We need to be generous with what he has given us. What men see is given, God sees is what is left. 
you and I might look at a, a small offering that comes across and, and see, well, that's, that's not going to go very far. But if I remember right, God did a pretty strong thing with two loaves or a few loaves and a few fish, right? He's not asking you to give grudgingly. He's not asking you to give out of a heart that says, I can barely make ends meet. He's asking you to give generously out of a heart that says, I don't know how this works, but I'm asking you, Lord, help me with this, and here's my offering. Terry and I, when we were involved with the church many, many years ago, uh, we had done a, a started a, or took over a food outreach, and um, every week we would put together about 100 bags of, of groceries for families, and we would take them into uh, what at the time was one of the most dangerous and also most underprivileged areas of town, and we would give away these, these bags of food. And the church council had, had given us a, uh, a budget and said, you guys can spend this much on, on the food outreach, but we don't have enough to give any more. So when that number is hit, you guys have to uh, um, figure out some way to do it. And without question, uh, there was always, the giving for the month was always 50% more than what we would spend. So we would always get much, much more than we needed. And, and there was always this comment, Terry and I talked about a lot of God math. And we didn't understand how he did it. They told us we could have 900. Sometimes we'd spend 1,200. And there would be 1,800 that came in. It was just the way that God did it. It's his math that works. So even if you're looking at it, a perspective of giving from uh, a position of lack or a position of, I don't know, God, Test him in this. Allow him to show you that his resources are much greater than yours. Our generosity, even when we're doing it out of a lack, is a sign of faith. It's us stepping forward and saying, Father, I trust you. And he blesses our faith. And he multiplies our faith. And he multiplies the reward that comes because we're willing to demonstrate our faith to him. It's important that you and I um, not only give generously of ourselves and generously of our resources, but my final point is this. We must give generously of our love. It is, this is not a message about love. This is a message about generosity. But that is one of the things that we must give generously to others. We live in a society that has a, a, an, an earned love quotient. It's based upon your, your actions toward me. It's based upon how I feel about you at that moment in time. And if you've ever been in a relationship for any longer than two hours, you'll understand that those things do happen. John 3.16, world's most famous scripture for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you and me so much that he generously gave his one and only son. That was it. You and I cannot outgive God when he gives us a gift like that. We can't even begin to get close to sacrificing anything like that. The ultimate sacrifice was it so you and I could have a restored relationship with God. That's the only way we could have it. It's the only way it could happen. 
And it's because He loved us so much that He has called us to love the world as well. You and I as followers of Christ, those who call ourselves Christians, little Christs. I know in society today that's a, that's a bad word, but um, people will do verbal gymnastics to try and get around it. Oh, I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not a Christian. Um, yeah, you're a Christian. It's okay. Just wrap your head around it. You're a Christian. It's all right. But God set the bar for sacrificial love. That's what it's about. Whether you are married, whether you are dating, whether you just have someone in your life that you love, whether they're easy to love or hard to love, I hear people say that all the time, Pastor, but they're so hard to love. And I say, yeah, and so are you. So we can all be difficult. We can all be hard to love. There are times that if you were to ask her, she will tell you, I'm not an easy, easy person to love. And I think that's true of all of us. But yet in Romans 5.8, he says this. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, hey, go get your stuff together and then I'll love you. He said, come on, I'll love you and then I'll help you get cleaned up. And I think we need to get that attitude around us that the people that are in our lives, and you can think of them, faces are flashing in your head right now. Those people who are really, really hard to love. I love you, Jesus. There are those people. But we've got to remember that sometime before we accepted his gift, his gift and his great sacrifice, it's possible that God looked at us and said, oh boy, I love you. I love you. We need to give generously of our love. We need to give without restriction. And I heard that the coolest thing this, this afternoon. Conditional love has one condition. You have to give sacrificially. You have to love someone unconditionally to receive unconditional love. Wow, that's hard. I got to tell you, there's people in my life that I have a real strong difficulty loving unconditionally. But I got to, you know, I have to. I walk in it. I step in it. I, and I ask him forgiveness all the time. God, I, I know that wasn't the right answer. I know that wasn't the right attitude. But, Lord, I'm just asking you to help me in this. Because your word says I'm supposed to love those who hate me. I'm supposed to love those who persecute me. And it's not getting easier, guys. It's getting a little more challenging every day. It's getting harder for you and I to be who we are. Christianity seems to be one of the only unprotected groups in the United States. And it's going to be that way until Jesus comes back. But the good news is, is he's still here. He's got us. He's got us with his Holy Spirit. He's got us with his Father in heaven. He walks with us. I love that song. He walks with me and he talks with me. Uh, it's just, it's good that he has that because then when we get to that place and we stop and say, if you can love me, if we're being honest with each other, if we tell God, if you can love me the way I know me, then I can love them. And I can love the person that you sent me to love. And we need to do that generously. We can't be stingy with our love. We can't get to the place where we tell people that if you get this right, I'll love you. 
If you provide this for me, I'll love you. It's got to be about, you know what, I, I, I can't think of what I might or may not get in return. I've just got to love you. And may God bless the relationship that we have, that it becomes better because I can, feely, I can freely give of what God's freely given to me. This is a message about generosity, not a message about love, but love is so important that we have to stop and think about that for a minute as well. That, that as we give of life, as we walk through this day, as, as challenges continue, as people pop up in our lives that uh, continuously remind us that the grace of God abounds beyond what we can. Generosity is part of a spiritual journey, not a religious activity. It's part of the journey that we're on. He calls us to love one another. And because it is challenging to love people, we love them and then we love them more. And it becomes easier and easier and easier to love them. We get that place where it's no longer the challenge to love them. It's a, it's a joy to be able to look at them and say, I'm glad you're in my life. It doesn't mean that they're always easy to love. And it doesn't mean that they're, you're always, you know, yay, about spending, spending time with them. But it is good that we can get to that place where, you know, I, I, don't, I don't resist loving you as much anymore. And it all starts with loving them the way God loved us. He so lovingly gave his only son so that you and I could have a permanent relationship with him in, in heaven, that we could never be separated from him again. So let me ask you, and this is just for you, just to ask yourself and ask God in your prayer. When you ask him, Lord, search my heart and, and know the wicked ways about me. Help me reveal those areas and ask him the question, is my generosity out of compassion or out of compulsion? Am I doing it because I want to? Or am I doing it because I have to? Is the way that I'm generous with people around me reflective of the way you have been so generous with me? Is it reflective of the person that you want me to be? And let's be honest, if it's not, let's ask him to help. Let's ask him, say, Father, fix that area in my life. Help me walk through those challenges that I need to walk through to become better at that. There's no way we're not going to uh, we can't ask him to guide our steps if we're not willing to move our feet, I think I read the other day. <laughs> Lord, fix me. Nope, not moving. <laughs> I'm going to stay right here. You let me know when everything's done. I'll leave from here. Let me close with this. We are constant recipients of God's generous grace. And he promises that if we give ourselves, give of ourselves generously from our resources, ourselves, and our love, he will enable us to have all abundance. And as the scripture says, in all things, we may have an abundance for every good work. A good example of generous giving would be the gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus gave more on the cross than you and I will ever be able to give in a lifetime. And God set the example for generous giving. That's the example we look for. Just because the bar is set high doesn't mean we don't try for the bar. Amen? Somebody got the longest long jump before anybody else did. Somebody broke the three-minute mile before any six-minute mile before anybody else did. If they broke the three-minute mile, I want to meet them. We have the ability because he's given us the ability. He's given that to us. Just because the bar is high doesn't mean you don't try for it. We determine the dimension of what we receive by the dimension of what we give. 
and we don't give simply to receive. If that's your heart, I, I'm encouraging you to talk to God because it's not the right heart. It's the heart to say, look, I, if I get nothing out of this, Lord, I'm still going to give with the same heart that you reflected to me. I'm going to give that way, God. So we're to give generously of ourselves. We're to give generously of our resources. And we're to give generously of our love. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for us tonight. I want to finish with a, a, a prayer and a thought for you. And I want to ask you, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is He nudging you with? Where is He poking and prodding at you? And where is He asking you to reveal that to Him? Where has He said, hey, open that door. I, I want to do some work in there so that you can be the generous person that I've created you to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come with thanksgiving in our hearts. There's nothing more we need because of your grace and your mercy. You have set the standard for sacrificial giving. Help us to live a life that reflects your generosity towards your children. Help us to be that vessel of your generosity in our lives, God. Lord, lead us so that we may have opportunities throughout the day to show others the generous spirit you have given us, not for our glory, but for yours. Give us the courage to step out in faith, believing that as we give, your spirit will lead us and guide us with the words to say. Help us to live generously and bring glory to your name. We love you, God, and we are humbled by your grace. We live to bring you honor. We ask that our lives would be a fragrant offering that rises with a sweet-smelling aroma to your throne in heaven. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you.